0: Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate & Ignite with your host, Lori Jones.
1: Welcome to the Integrate & Ignite podcast. Chris Connor, owner of Connor Wood Bicycles, builds beautiful works of functional art. His luxury hardwood bicycles have won awards and are ridden worldwide by cycling enthusiasts who love the unique and magical experience of riding a wood bike. Chris is a former furniture designer and classical guitar builder who brings a passion for design, engineering, and cycling together to create his rolling art. Launched from his suburban Denver base, Connor brings a passion for good design and practical application and has created arts that move us all. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite. Thanks, Lori. I'm excited to chat. I tell you, I read about you in Colorado Biz Magazine. I, first of all, love the product. My father is a Renaissance man. He can take a hunk of wood and turn it into something absolutely amazing, whether it be furniture, you know, a wood table, um, you know, He's never made a bike, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, hand makes everything, carvings the whole nine yards. And when I saw this, it reminded me so much of him and the love that he has for not only the arts, but really the smell of wood and everything you know, that is behind it. I knew I had to talk to you. I knew I had to get you on the show. So I really appreciate that you're here with us today. Tell us more about how you came to really deciding that you wanted to start your own business.
0: Well, it's a it's a sort of long and circuitous story that I <laughs> I worked for a long time. Uh, what I got out of school initially in sort of high tech marketing and worked um, doing a lot of really cool stuff and designing and building things electronically. But nights and weekends, I was always a tinkerer, and I just I loved like your father to be there uh, in the basement uh, working away in my shop, creating things that were just you know beautiful and fulfilling to me in a lot of ways. Um, and then it was maybe oh it was probably 10 years ago or so that uh, my brother uh, who is a classical guitar builder had who has his own business um, convinced me to come out and work with him. He had some of the world's greatest guitar players playing on his instruments and was in a position where he really needed to start scaling and growing his business and we'd always dreamed of working together so I uh, moved away from Boulder and Headed back to the East Coast, where I'm from originally, and um, worked with him for a couple of years, sort of overhauling what he did, how the guitars were built, looking at processes and procedures and where time was spent, what we could outsource and where could we put in place jigs and fixtures and tools and procedures that would make things go more efficiently. And it was wonderful. Um, it was a great time. And... Um, So uh, we were living on the water. Nights and weekends, we would work on boats uh, together. We'd build wood boats, you know, sailing around, catch fish and such. And uh, it was a a glorious time. But I I couldn't stay on the East Coast. So I (laughs) I moved back to Colorado here and scratched my head thinking, okay, what am I going to Do with myself here, and how could I start something that's uniquely my own? And uh, you know, I'm not a guitar player, I could build one, but I can't play one. And you know, but wanted to use some of these skills that I developed in the past. And it was at a certain point that I don't know why I had an epiphany of sorts. I realized, well, wait a minute, you know, I've always been a cyclist, I've always loved riding bicycles. And I've always, uh, you know, appreciated design and building furniture. I've worked with the guitars, making things that have to be exceptionally precise and have very precision geometries. And you're bending wood around the curves of the right. guitar. Yeah, and uh, we've worked on boats, things that had to be durable and outside and withstand the elements and have. You know, green finishes and really be tough and, and strong. Um, we'd worked with a lot of different composite materials like carbon fiber and epoxies and some other ventures that we'd uh, tackled. And um, I realized, well, wait, I've got a sort of weird skill set here of design and uh, precision and durability and functionality and the love for cycling. And I could maybe... Do something really cool and different with this. And, you know, so uh, I'd always wanted to start my own venture and do something for myself. I had this seemingly eureka idea that, you know, seemed to have a lot of promise. I, I looked around <laughs> and looked at you know, whether there's anybody else crazy enough to be trying this on the internet. There, sure enough, there were a few other people, but nobody was doing it quite the way that I thought it could be done. So, uh, I you know, I'd done my competitive research. I looked around a little bit and thought, well, you know, maybe this this might actually work. Um and it was after all of that that I, I really sort of decided, okay, I'm going to give this a go, and I'm going to start a proper company, and I'm going to put together my marketing and business plan and uh, make a go of it.
1: Well, and that you've done, I you know, I tell you, it is. Truly an amazing product, I want to talk a little bit about uh, product differentiation, competitive di- differentiation positioning and, and, and messaging yes. uh, because you 've done all three of those extremely well, and you know you've got this technical background and one thing I love about marketing right is you know once a marketer Always a marketer. It does not matter what we're marketing. Yes, uh, you know that's why we love it so much. Is that it's constantly evolving and changing. Not only the industry, but what we market. So yes. you've gone from the IBM's of the world and and uh-huh. helping them grow their build their programs to now. This incredible bike. Talk to us about the differences between the two, and really the passion that you've landed in with the love that you have for marketing. Well,
0: yeah, it's you know, in any marketing, there's a lot of sort of commonalities between you know your the way you're going to do things, and the product to a certain degree doesn't really matter. But you know, so much of this is uh, with consistency of messaging and figuring out sort of what it is that you want to say and saying it to you know, finding your audience and reaching out to them and saying it uh, consistently. Saying it and articulating it clearly, and trying to make a good argument for differentiating yourself from the other products that are out there, and why, in my case, a, a wood bike is not such a crazy idea. And yeah. for me, it's been a, a little bit of a challenge, you know, because there's to a lot of people the idea is simply a little bit of madness. And maybe I should back up and do some of my own marketing and sense here, but in that. A lot of people just ask right off the bat, you know, why would you build a wood bicycle? You know, there's so many other better materials for this. There's carbon fiber, there's titanium, there's aluminum, there's all these other things. So you really have to come up with a, you know, an argument for, you know, why this is a better material, which, you know, in a lot of ways, it's just, it's simply different. Um, Right. I had to Simply come about,
1: different is not a bad thing. No, you I know? guess
0: yeah. All right, that's my new uh, my new tagline. Or like,
1: uh-huh.
0: somebody else has already got that. Um, but I think <laughs> that's
1: think differently. By the way, <laughs>
0: so, yeah, you know, any, any form of differentiation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: but yeah, so I, I had to come about uh, you know trying to create this different story for what it is that sets a wood bike apart from other traditional bikes, while at the same time showing that it is in fact viable and it is in fact real. So. That was a lot of what I had to do in my marketing, and where you know whether you're marketing technology or you have to show that the product works, there's a place for it, that it stacks against the competition, uh, that it has its place in the market. You're doing the same thing if you're marketing a wood bicycle. So I had to do a lot to articulate you know, that wood bikes are strong, they're beautiful, that wood has this natural ride quality to it that soaks up bumps and shocks and vibrations. It's more about an experience than it is simply about the raw performance of a bicycle. So, I had to do a lot of storytelling around that and trying to do that consistently in my marketing communications, on my website, in my social media, in any sort of events, and any communications that I was doing. And that's, that has helped sort of, you know, build my story, reinforce it, uh, and let people hear it, hear it again, have it sink in. And slowly, uh, the market has been shifting. So now, wood bicycles are appearing in their markets. More and more people are doing them. I'm not the only point where person pushing this rock up the hill. Um, and I think uh-huh. that lends sort of credibility to the whole concept and has helped me grow as a company.
1: Well, it certainly has. And, and I love really smart, quick uh, taglines. And, and one of your <laughs> taglines is, hug a bike, ride a tree. I love yes. it. Every That's time I look at it, it just position. makes me want to smile. And it yeah. is different um, and very, very memorable. I'm sure that it's, it's helping uh, very well now. There are so many options, as you know, when we're developing integrated approaches between owned, shared, earned, and paid uh, media types. Yes, and and you are growing your business. Uh, you're you know out of the shoot, um, selling quite a bit of product. But let's face facts: you're um, a small business at this point. So always integrating those things together can be more aspirational, not necessarily what we're doing today. Talk to us, though, about the integrated approaches that you've deployed that have worked well, and maybe provide our listeners some tips on how they can b- build uh, their approach.
0: Sure. Uh, you know, one of the most effective things for me is, I guess, really earned, uh, earned media. Um, and maybe that's not the, necessarily the right term for it, but I got a lot of nice uh, coverage in magazines and publications because it's an interesting story. Um, and like you, when you heard about it, maybe you wanted to know more. And so I've been fortunate in a lot. Of ways that I've gotten a lot of editorial coverage. That whether it's BBC World News, I've been on PBS, I've been on all the sort of major news networks, and most of the at least around Denver, most of the TV stations and uh, and, uh, newspapers. Um, But that has been the sort of thing that, as a small business, you you can't you could never buy this. No, right. there's, there's no price tag that you could apply to it. So, you know, while I do other things like, you know, making sure that in my you know, website, I've got good, you know, optimized web content and that I'm you know posting my images to social media. And, you know, there's, there's all this stuff that's, you know, sort of table stakes for any business now to operate with that you have to be, you have to have your social media presence. You have to, you know, share, uh, share what you're doing and tell, tell your story through the, the various voices of social media. But, um, you know, paid marketing, paid advertising, it's very difficult to find for a small business like me a good return on investment for that. So right. I've done some uh, paid public, paid advertising in magazines and online sources, very sort of trying to make that very targeted. Um, and that's, mod- I, I, well, I, I don't continue to do it. <laughs> Right, hasn't, hasn't paid me back. Uh, some of the more targeted marketing that you can do through, uh, you know, Facebook, for example, uh, lets you really, you know, once you understand your target audience, your market, your, your psychographics or demographics, you can really sort of, you know, plug into that, that, um, that audience and reach them. But it's, again, it's not always, it's, you know, I haven't found, well, and this goes back to a separate sort of Challenge that I have as a business, which is that you know, you can reach your audience and you can wow them, but that doesn't necessarily always bring them back to open up their checkbooks and buy something like what I have to offer here.
1: Well, um, it, which which actually leads me to my next question, but, you yes. know, the sales side of things, because, yeah. because you know, defining you know the the number of touch points only ultimately that are needed for someone to decide to purchase a product uh, is not an easy thing for any brand out there. I mean, the average no. is twenty; someone needs to interact with a brand twenty times. Um, yep to, in order to ultimately come to a yes, no decision. And obviously, you know, all sorts of factors can increase and and decrease that number, of course. Um, But I think most younger companies try to be all things to all people. They lose a sense of their positioning of their target audience, and they cast too wide a net. What have you done from a sales approach standpoint that has really worked well for you and maybe share some best practices. I
0: don't know what I have for best practices on this front, but... um,
1: (laughs) You know, we're all still figuring it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. But what I've tried to do is to be very sort of selective in what it is that I do. You know, when you're building something as, you know, sort of out there in a way as a wood bicycle, you can't try to be everything to everyone. Now, I've, you know, when I've faced some sales challenges in the past, I have a natural tendency as a sort of creative person, as a sort of designer, to try to design my way out of problems. And what that means is if something's not selling, well, then, heck, I'll design something else that maybe will. And so, as a result, I've got a lot of different models of wood bicycles for the size of company that I am. Now, that's good in some senses because I have a fairly broad portfolio and I could show, oh, you know, you want to ride a mountain bike. You, you know, I've got a mountain bike. I've got a fat bike. I've got an e-bike. I've got a cyclocross bike, a city bike, a townie bike. So there's all these different uh, flavors, but at the same time, you have to be you know, very specific about you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish with them. That you know they all have the red thread running through them. That they're all beautiful, they're all functional, they're all meant to be sort of an experience giving vehicle as opposed to you know the the highest performance, lightest weight, ultimate fanciest drivetrain. Some of the things that you might. Try to expand on or try to to say that you are when really that's not in your forte. So I've understood, you know, some one of the limitations of the material that I'm working with in a sense is that I cannot be as light as carbon fiber. There's no way. There's no point in my trying. So it's not something I'm going to try and compete on. So, you don't go up against somebody else's carbon fiber bike and say, well, you know, I'm you know, only 1,000 grams heavier. Uh, you, you basically try to take that argument away and say, you know, look, that's, that's not even, you know, this is apples and, and you know, orangutans. You know, you're not dealing with <laughs> um, <laughs> similar beasts here. So, you don't try to play in a arena where you don't necessarily belong. So I guess that's really just a point of sort of finding your strengths and playing to them, not trying to spread yourself too thin and um, you know, just sort of doing doing what you're good at.
1: Well, and, and figuring that out along the way sometimes I think is um, a very, very important thing as well. You know, we use the mantra over here at Avocet is test and scale, test and scale. And it's not only applicable to the marketing side of everything, it's the you know it's applicable to the sales side as well. Very and what so, is yeah. working, what is not? Do you recall a really cool program uh, that worked well and and really uh, you know ended up with a lot of different orders for you? Well, it,
0: it's interesting. Fairly um, early on, I sort of assumed that you know I'm selling a bicycle, so I need to reach a bicycling audience to sell my bicycles. Uh, you know, hey, you'd think that's axiomatic, but. No, I found that I would go to bicycle shows, and I would show my, my work among other bicycles, and it stands apart from other bicycles, so it would get a tremendous amount of attention. attention. People would say, hey, wow, that's really different. That's really… It's beautiful cool. is what it is. That's really, <laughs> that's really cool, but I'm here to buy a hammer to drive a nail. I'm here to do, uh, to get something that is a very specific tool to do a job, which is get me up the hill faster. Which is to you know, get me from A to B as I commute to work. It, it's to do a number of things that a wood bicycle does, but it's not the reason you ride a wood bicycle. So fairly early on in my uh, career, I'm, I'm not sure when this was, maybe 2013 or 2014, the AIA, I think it's the American Institute of Architects, uh, had a big trade show here in Denver at the, um, at the convention center. And they were looking for examples of just really cool stuff that was being built in and around Denver. Um, and found me through one way or another and offered me a, a wonderful space at the center of the trade show. And I had this you know, huge space. I brought in a bunch of bikes, I mean, huge for me. Going back to what I was saying earlier, one of these things that I could never have paid for. Right. Um, and this audience was an audience of architects, of designers, of typically very creative thinkers, people that were doing things that weren't cycling specific. You know, I was in amongst, you know, windows and architectural tile and then it's bicycles. So it ended up being really, I think, one of the draws of the show. So I had this, you know, mob of people that were like, you know, I'm sick of looking at tile and flooring and siding. This is really, this is, you know, in a way, this is pure architecture I mean this is, uh, this is a pl- application of different materials and creative new ways and so it, it was a tremendously successful show for me and really opened my eyes to the idea that no you're not going to be as effective if you're trying to sell against British bicycles. you find your right. audience you find people that appreciate design, appreciate things that are beautiful and functional and different, and that is the audience that also may have the money to buy something where you're not competing against this carbon fiber road bike over here. You're competing against, you know, some other form of discretionary spending some other, you know, okay, that's a cost of one of my bikes is, you know, uh, you know oil change in your Ferrari. Um, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I love, I, you've got You've achieved so much earned media. I mean, it truly is massive. And and you recently had a hit on the BBC. Yes. Um, so yeah. are you officially, uh, you know, shipping product over to the EU?
0: Yes. I mean, I've been shipping product to the EU for for a little while. Got product going. I've had it going to the UK, to Sweden, to Switzerland, to see, Germany. Um, and it's it's another. It's a huge market. You know, bicycles right. obviously are big uh, overseas. And there's some different sort of. Standards that you have to adhere to when you're shipping bikes overseas. But as a very small builder, um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have to play in some of the larger conventional molds. But I've, you know, really, I prefer. To sell domestically, just because right. it's it's easier, less
1: red tape, um, less
0: red tape, sex. the shipping's way cheaper, right? Um, and um, I, I think just you know, it's nicer to have them sort of closer to home. And I mean, in particular, I you know I, I sort you of know, Colorado is also a tremendous marketplace for me that so That's many huge. people ride here, and I've I, I've had a but you know, going back to that earned media presence, I've had a concentration of media here in Colorado, so I'm always surprised when. I, don't know, I was out on trail riding the other day and uh, ran into a group of people who engaged in conversations. Thought, hey, those bikes are really cool! Um, and sure enough, you know it's, this isn't entirely uncommon. One of them said, "Oh, I've read about you or I've seen you somewhere," um, and that's always surprises me that you know someone would have actually heard of or or seen me. In fact, uh, I don't know a couple of years ago I was in Paris. And I was in line to go up the Eiffel Tower, and the guy behind me saw my shirt, my hugger Bike Rider tree shirt that uh, uh, that tagline that you commented on, and he was like, "Hey, you're from Colorado!" Oh
1: my gosh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, that's moment. when you really know you've made it, right?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm still waiting for that point, but it was, yeah. uh, uh, I,
1: it was I, oh, I, I can uh, sympathize. Now challenges, you know, we're as we as business owners certainly are faced with them, day in and day out. Tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated. Or even ruined the business, but you persisted, you made the tough decisions, and now that situation uh, serves as an invaluable learning experience moving forward
0: yeah there's this is a this is a tough one because as a small business you know depending on your mood and the number of little flies that are buzzing around, which are all the problems that you deal with the constant uh, on a daily basis, You know, even small things can sometimes seem like they're insurmountable and devastating. So I think a lot of it's just simply positive mindset that you have to you know, come over some of these things. But um, I don't know. There were a couple things early on in my prototyping process. I built what I thought was a really functional, awesome, great um, version of the of the bicycle. I was doing some test riding on it, and one of my adhesives just wasn't holding and uh, never had a catastrophic failure with it. But nonetheless, it sort of made me believe it sort of defeated the whole sort of concept that if this adhesive wasn't going to work, that because so much of when you're you're building these bicycles, it relies on technology. You're
1: you're relying
0: on advanced adhesives and things staying together when you glue them together. And so one of these adhesives was not working out. And I was convinced that this was, you know, going to be an absolutely critical failure. And, you know, in a way, I sometimes go to the worst case scenario right away. And, you know, that, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, research, calling specific uh, vendors, you know, finding out about uh, more about sort of alternative products. I found something that worked brilliantly, and it's been what I've stuck with ever since. And as a result, has made the bikes exceptionally I mean, better, stronger than I think they ever would have been if I'd you know if I'd a not to deal with that problem. So, do your research. Um, right. And you can usually find a way through things. Yeah, that, I've got other little things, but uh, that was just one that sort of came to mind, first and foremost, because it was just so deflating at the time.
1: Well, I'm sure it was. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's also, uh, you know, learning how to pivot and pivot quickly, right? Yes. I mean, you had to find an immediate solution. And um, with, you know, some people may have just, you know, hung hung the hat up at that time, you know, and said, okay, I'm done. Yeah, um, it's, it's the end of my knowledge. Yeah. You know. And you were steadfast, and yep. you found the solution, and you're better. The product is better, you know, for it. Yes, um, because of that. Rather, now, what one strategy or process have you implemented that, if business owners and their teams could consistently apply every day, would compound into big wins for them?
0: Well, so I was thinking about this question, and you know, it goes back to what has been sort of some of the, the key to the. The marketing success for me, which is that earned media. And if you are looking to self promote, uh, if you're looking to get your story out there and get it told, so much of it is making a, you're creating a a palatable story and making it incredibly easy to distribute. Right. Um, So, you know, a lot of the, the, the success that maybe I've had in that earned media arena is not just that, you know, I, I have a reasonably compelling and interesting story, but that if if you put it together, if you if you want to get the word out there you put together a quote. You put together a li- nice little thumbnail of a story. You put together some pictures. You put together uh, link to, to things on the web. You throw it out there uh, to you know, contacts, somebody you met, anybody you know, something that's you know a, a media source. Make it so that it's just it's it, it's almost it would be foolish not to publish it. Um, And, and it's amazing the number of things that get picked up. Exactly. That was was my early strategy was just, you know, anybody that I knew, if I was a photographer that did a cool story uh, in a magazine that I thought was really cool, track down that photographer and say, Hey, man, you're doing really great stuff. Here's, here's what I'm doing. Here's some of my pictures. Here's an outline of the story. You know, would you take some pictures of, of my bikes? Um, and was fortunate I, I had this guy that came in, did this you know, wonderful story on me, got it in uh, Mountain Flyer magazine, and that was simply through finding his work somewhere, shooting him an email, and you know throwing him you know what. Would be an easy story for him to turn into something that would you know work work for his publication.
1: Well, and 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 I think you've got the marketing know how and savvy and fortitude to innately pick up the phone and call. Right? Um, y- yeah. You've got that industry background. You know, after working with a large large agency, but a lot of people don't have that fortitude. What advice can you provide them about you know just just do it?
0: Well, that you just said it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just do it. it. It isn't that. It doesn't have to be overly complicated or intimidating. Picking up the phone is like having a conversation with anybody. Um, and, and so much of it's not even necessarily on the phone. It's it's throwing something out there in an email very often. Um, but, I mean, the phone is always, I think, a you know, far more effective way to actually get through to somebody and you know really you know, make a connection. Right. Um, but they're the not being intimidated by it. Um, a friend of mine was starting, a, or has started a company fairly recently, and he was trying to you know tell his story of what his product was, and... Asked my advice on, on some of this, and in looking at the story he was trying to tell, it was it was sort of he was forcing his story the way he wanted to see it from his angle. It's not necessarily an innate skill or talent, but it's not it's not something you always sort of think to it, That instead of saying here's the story I want to tell, it's this okay. What's my audience? What's the story they want to hear? And then how do I merge those two things together? right um and so was able to help him a little bit you know just to, to revise you know what's what's the message you're trying to get across here what's going to resonate and uh, you just think about you know what matters what will be interesting what will somebody say wow about even if it's not the most critical and most important thing about what it is that you're doing uh, but you can you can weave a story around that that then ties back to you know the, the other things that make your product unique or different or special or compelling in other ways. But, you know, thinking about that from your, from the external perspective and then just, you know, not being afraid to pick up the phone or you know, throw together that email. And it's something that can be done in you know, minutes of a day. If you just weave it into your sort of consistent strategy that it might not work. The first dozen or hundred times that you do it. Yeah, that's um, very the fact, true. The fact is that it will work if you put together things in a you know, good, compelling way.
1: If and, you never stop, too.
0: And, and you never stop. Yeah, that's, that's right. a good point. And the time that you spend doing this, you know, even if it's, you know, Say you spend 100 hours know, over a year doing this, but you get, you, you get a number of you know, high-profile stories. You've got a, you know, a, a key placement in an industry publication that really matters to what you're doing. You know, that's the sort of stuff that you couldn't have said, okay, I'm going to write a check for $10,000 or $100,000 and buy this. Uh, because you probably couldn't, and if you, even if you did, it might not carry the necessarily the same weight. Because you know, I think you know, editorial third party support validates, uh, in particular, new concepts very, very nicely.
1: Yeah, they're definitely looking for that. Uh, with that, what do you want to be known for? What do I want to be
0: known for? Oh uh-huh. yes, um, <laughs> my epitaph. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I would like to be known for sort of uncompromising quality and beauty. Uh in a uh, in a totally unique writing work of art
1: well i tell you chris connor uh, you will be known for that i love one of the last things that you just mentioned uh among many many others but it was what will someone say wow about well i tell you you've wowed us today thank you so much for your insight and for your appearance on the integrate and ignite podcast
0: thank you laurie this episode is complete but the inspiration has just begun Head over to avasetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.